The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the host, guest, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station or the Webster Rockwell Ministries, its management, or other host or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented on KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. We're talking to Chris Clark from Cinema St. Louis. Chris, tell us about yourself. You know, we obviously know that you're a Gorlock. Yes. Your background, I know you went to St. Louis University High School. And why film? Why why cinema? Uh, since I was a child, I'm seeing Fantasia in a theater with my mother. I was one of my first childhood film memories. I've always just admired the magic of cinema, sitting in the dark theater and as the lights go down, you're scrambling around in your popcorn box and a little shiver goes down your spine and the, the previews come up and then, you know, then the, then it gets quiet and dark and all of a sudden, you know, the magic of cinema comes, you know, the light goes above your head and shoots on the screen. You watch this magical story uh, unfold um, in front of you. And it's like traveling the world from a, from a comfortable chair. Yeah, Fantasia is an unbelievable movie. It's a classic for me, you know, because of the, the music. I love the music in the background of, of what was going on there. When you came to Webster U, did you get a film degree? Did you, were you wanting to become a film producer or a filmmaker in the process? Or? I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to be, but my degree was in mass media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't get a full-on filmmaking degree. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I really wanted to be uh, a filmmaker per se. I was just, you know, very fascinated by the whole media film industry and the way it's been changing so much, you know, in my lifetime, um, in the past, you know, 20 years has changed even more. And you're, you're 20 years now with going to be with Cinema St. Louis, right? Yes. Got a big celebration, uh, coming up, uh, with Cinema St. Louis that they're honoring you. I love it where you have the chef's hat on. Tell us a little bit about that venue because that's, uh, what, September 14th? September 14th, um, we're going to do um, a fundraiser um, that's in my honor, which is kind of weird to even talk about. <laughs> uh, I just want to do my job. But um, <clears throat> we uh, the film that won the Audience Choice Award the very first year that I programmed is a film called Dinner Rush which is about um, one night in a crowded, bustling uh, restaurant in Tribeca in New York City. Uh, and there's a large cast of characters. Um, there's murders and intrigue and mystery and comedy and lots and lots of food. Uh, in, in previous lives, I spent many years uh, putting myself through Webster and other things, uh, working in restaurants and managing okay. restaurants and bartending and doing everything there was to do around food. Uh, except for cooking and washing the dishes. I didn't, I didn't do too much of either of those things. But so this is an interesting marriage of my, my whole life. Um, so we were, a year and a half ago, we were, uh, we were spo- the staff and board was asked to, you know, think of ideas for, for fundraisers. And I said, oh, you know, dinner rush is, uh, I'm coming up on 20 years and, and uh, why don't we do a Tenacious Eats event with dinner rush? I just wanted dinner. good food and uh and also my birthday is in late september so the only thing i didn't accomplish was having the event actually on my birthday (laughs) but it was just you know we were all supposed to throw ideas out and that was the one that landed the most uh so uh if people don't know what a tenacious eats event it's a local uh female chef liz schuster and what they do uh they do a marvelous job of doing these events which are uh, multi-course meals with small uh dishes and a paired cocktail uh with each course and they watch any variety 
uh, of films, uh, you know, Home Alone, Caddyshack, uh, you know, all kinds of things, dramas, comedies, musicals. But then they'll stop every 15 or 20 minutes and they'll bring out the next course and the next cocktail and they'll, and they'll talk about it. And it's thematically linked to the action of the story and the film itself. Um, and cool. this will just be a, a lot of fun. And that's going to take place at the Mad Art Gallery. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. September 14th. That's a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get some tickets, so uh, should they contact Cinema St. Louis? Yes. Okay. And we'll give that. That's cinemastlouis.org, cinemastlouis.org. Talk about Cinema St. Louis. How long has it been going? Why was it started? And what do we see in the community as a result of having Cinema St. Louis here? There's a lot to unpack there, and I know all the answers. <laughs> you, you've been there long enough. I haven't been there since the beginning, um, but uh, I know I know all about the history. So in uh, 1991, a uh, <coughs> group of women uh, sitting around Mary Strauss's dining room table decided um, that they would like to put on a film festival in St. Louis. And then film critic Joe Pollack thought, oh, you know, I, I wish them well. I hope they do okay. And they did a fine job. And he, later on, he went back and said, I, I want to correct myself. They did a, a great job. Um, for the first several years, it was an all-volunteer uh, effort. And they had would just be in one location with a limited number of films. Uh, but they kept growing and growing. Uh, and then the organization was known only as the St. Louis International Film Festival because that was all they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, they brought on... Um, a single employee, uh, and then two employees, and then a couple years later, uh, we expanded uh, even further. Um, I was, <clears throat> I didn't know what cinema the f- film festival was. I didn't know we had. I'd heard of other film festivals, but I didn't know we had one here. A friend of mine. Um, that's a St. Louis story. Uh, a friend of mine was the personal trainer, of one of the board members. Um, they suckered me into coming in and volunteering one day and stuffing envelopes. I was a good stuffer and a good talker. Um, I was invited to be a volunteer that year. The next year, I was the volunteer coordinator. I was invited to be a board member uh, and did some action there. And then on June 1st of 2000, I was hired as the artistic director, and I never looked back. So what do you do as artistic director? <laughs> many, many things. <laughs> Besides stuffing envelopes yeah. and being a good talker. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me go back just for a second. So since that time, we changed our name to Cinema St. Louis because we, um, over time, uh, during my time, uh, added four, now, over time, you know, one at a time, but over time, I've added four additional permanent events to our annual roster. Um, one is a classic French film festival that happens in March. Our LGBTQ-themed film festival, Q-Fest, happens in April. Uh, those are about each like 10 or 11 years old each. Uh, we're the local hosts now of the 48-Hour Film Project, which is a contest where filmmakers are supposed to make a complete short film of eight minutes or less from start to finish, credits, everything, like you've, like you've been working on it for years and you're turning it over to, a, to someone to sell it. Everything has to be done in 48 hours to the second. Wow. And if wow. people are 10 seconds late, the films will be shown, but they're ineligible for award. Oh so it's a gosh. very, and they have to they have to write it from from scratch. They're on the Friday night there of over this weekend, they're given. Um, they don't know what genre. They're given handed that night, and then uh, elements such as a line of dialogue, a very specific character, and a prop must be incorporated in these films. Wow! So you don't know any of this, so you can't pre-write anything. So you don't know any of it until Friday night, wow. and then the buzzer goes off, and then forty eight hours later, turned it in. Um, after that, our second biggest event, uh, will be 20 next summer is the St. Louis filmmaker showcase. And a Mm. lot of the local filmmakers just love this event over time. I think we've shown 1800 films, uh, 
by local filmmakers um, in wow. that time. Um, and then, <clears throat> then when all that stops, then we were able to more fully concentrate on our mammoth flagship event, which is the, this year will be the 28th annual St. Louis International Film Festival. And you show those films at a variety of venues around the St. Louis area, correct? Yes. Um, <clears throat> primarily, uh, the Tivoli has been our home mm-hmm. base for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, their uh, sister out in the county, uh, Plaza Frontenac, mm-hmm. uh, because, as you know, some people won't go west of Hanley and some people won't go east of Hanley. <laughs> so we have to, you know, cater to audiences. Both. And certain films would play better right. in different theaters. And, you know, we just, uh, we also annually screen uh, on the campus of Washington University, um, not too far from here, at my alma mater, Webster University, mm-hmm. often the History Museum. Um, in the past, we've been at the Art Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been at the High Point Theater. We've been at uh, the Zach Performance Space downtown. Uh, we're at KDHX radio station. Uh, we're all over the place okay. uh, to make all this fit. Very cool. So how has the film industry and filmmaking changed over the years that you've observed in your tenure as artistic director? And I'm, I'm really not counting technology because it seems like everybody, oh, I can be a filmmaker. Or, you know, now that you mentioned that uh, particular, you got 48 hours to do this, do they do it with an iPhone? Do they do it with uh, a regular camera and all the software that goes along with that? So I know you can probably speak to that end a little bit, but what has changed in filmmaking do you see apart from the technology advances? Well, I can't I can't honestly separate that question because it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I started, everything that we showed was literally on film. Mm. And the process by shooting film, you have to be very specific with light. It's very, you know, very specific range to get you know, the colors and, and saturation that you want, you know, too, <clears throat> too little and it's too dark, too much, and it's all white and blasted. You know, you remember mm-hmm. taking <clears throat> photographs of family right. events and, you know, uh, three or four of them would turn out right and the rest are not. So film is very finicky. You, if it gets scratched once mm-hmm. in a theater, well, it's ruined. Right. It's over. And then the, the very pollutive, caustic process by which film is made mm-hmm. and then the chemicals where it was produced and the expense was prohibitive and only a certain number of people were able to afford to do that. So with the advent of digital technologies and tape and things over time, that leveled the playing field Mm -hmm. and made it more accessible to anyone. Um, That's why I'm saying it can't really be divorced because it gave voices to anyone. It doesn't mean that everyone should, but anyone on any budget level could tell a story through a visual medium. Okay. A moving a moving picture story through visual media. Like in the past, a film, thousands of dollars just to buy it, and then to thousands of dollars to have it developed, and then if it didn't turn out right, you were out the money. You're out the money with no going back, or you finish it and it gets scratched or melted or ruined, then it's it's disappeared. It's gone forever. But now with you know digital and, and tape and micro tapes and you know things in the cloud, um, <clears throat> you can shoot forever and spend very little money. Again, doesn't mean that you should. And sometimes things go on and on and on and should be edited tighter. But anyone can pull a story out uh, with $20 uh, or, or, you know, it costs more than that. Right, but, right. But anyone can tell, uh, tell a story. We've had from, you know, young kids and, and people of different economic situations from, you know, all over the world are now able to make a film. Are you noticing, though, any difference in the quality of the content that we're, that we're now being exposed to? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
you know, some, like I just said, sometimes it just goes on and on, isn't bad, but you know, even a phone can take a very sharp, clear picture. Uh, whereas different video cameras and remember camcorders that mm -hmm. we would have, mm -hmm. um, we'd have that grainy, uh, VHS tape look, um, there was a period of time when a lot of film looked like that and I hated it and I'm glad that's over. Um, but anyone <laughs> can make a well-crafted uh, looking piece. You know, there are other areas that are always sort of lacking, you know, because it makes, you know, sound and, and sound effects and, and the actors and the story. Those mm -hmm. are also important too. <laughs> right. So the base of what I look for the most is have they told a good story that not just I would like, but you would like, and, and you would like, and he would like, and mm -hmm. the neighbor down the street would like, and the old lady next door, or the you know the black family in North St. Louis, or the Bosnian family in South County. Where are the stories that would appeal to anyone, mm -hmm. and, and a message that gets through? That makes sense. That makes sense. So there seems to be a lot of support within the community because of the venues that you have set up in a variety of places. What what do you attribute? the success of, of Cinema St. Louis? What what has been the driving force? Why are people so involved and so really keen on what you guys are doing? I don't know anyone who doesn't like film. It's it's a universal art form. Uh, I, you know, arguably one of the newest art forms, you know, much younger than, than painting or sculpture or, or acting or even theater. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, film cameras have only been around, you know, 100 and 20, 30 years or so. And the, you know, the motion picture industry um, is a little over a hundred years old. So that's very young relative to the concept of art and cave paintings and in Greek theater. Uh, but everyone all over the world loves it. And like, you know, you're in a small Indian village and a truck come pulls up and shows a, a, a Bollywood film on a sheet right. um, to, you know, a, a young couple going on a date to the Esquire Theater and seeing a big, you know, Spider-Man or, or something like that. Everyone loves to watch, you know, a motion picture and it's very exciting. You guys have, have really done a, a great job in, in what you're doing. Now, you have throughout the year, because I looked at past years of what you've done, you've given awards out. John Goodman had a big award last year. What are some things people can anticipate this year? Because your, your season kind of begins when? If I call it a season, uh, just like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, when you they pop the balloons, they start working on the vent the very next day, and that's a little bit what we do. So we're we're just now sort of form, getting a, a handle on things we're doing. We're still watching submissions. We've um, already had offers of a few films from from big studios, uh, so we don't have a full handle on the everything that's going to happen, but. Uh, because previously, like you had, like the uh, forty-eight hour film project, mm -hmm. which you talked about, and then these uh, their special presentation, the St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase, mm -hmm. and you spread these out throughout the year. Is that how that works? Yeah, we have them uh, in different parts of the year, uh, just where they fit into our own scheduling. We don't have them too close together because it takes time to produce an event. We're also event producers, is you know primarily too. We're not just we don't just sit around and watch movies all day, uh, which a lot of a lot of people what think, a gig. and that's what I'm doing lately. But it's not not all that we do. It takes a lot to produce you know a, a, an 11 day event in 10 different locations with 200 guests. Um, that's a lot of math and and planning. So we have a, a lot of a lot of work work to do. Uh, I carry boxes. I. I've set up speakers. Um, I carry cases of beer and then liquor around to parties. So I, I do everything. He could work here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at these film categories that um, 
you have in some of these events, you know, the American Indie Spotlight, Animation Spotlight, Archival present, Presentations, Art and Architecture Spotlight, et cetera, et cetera. So are, do you solicit people to submit something or you just wait for the submittals to come and then you kind of classify them in a particular category or how does that, how does that happen? Uh, all the above. Uh, uh, we just ended our submissions at the end of July. Mm-hmm. We started in January and go through July. We had um, almost 2,500 submissions and wow. that's open, that's wow. open call from that. We, we have the same two film submission websites that we use and, and filmmakers from all over the world, you know, with, for a fee, uh, we'll send it for our submission. Sometimes we invite them. Um, and then we'll give them a, a code that, you know, lets them do it for free. Okay. Um, that's the biggest pool. Uh, and that's where the great discovery comes from. Because most of these, we don't know who these people are. Many of them are first-time filmmakers, and we not, may not be aware of them. Uh, the next level up is um, we work with a variety of distributors and sales agents, uh, domestically and internationally. That have, you know, Some of the same people, I've been in the same chair for 20 years, but I've worked with some people who have been in like five or six different jobs and companies over time. But you know, they know my taste. They know what works in our market. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one, the next level is that we all like a lot, but we're, we have a modest budget, so we don't get to travel to other film festivals, uh, which is great fun. And it can be, you know, great parties and filmmakers and lots of glitter and, and glitz. And mm-hmm. I've been to Sundance a few times, but it's not really a great fit with what I'm trying to do. Right. Uh, so we all go to others. Uh, my uh, boss, uh, Cliff Raylick, does the documentary feature programming. So he goes to the True False Film Festival in Columbia, Missouri, which is a fantastic, world-class documentary film festival. Really? That's just about a dozen years old. So wow. what they've done down there is, is astounding. Uh, <clears throat> and then... The, the top tier is the end-of-the-year, star-laden, glitzy studio films that will come out in two weeks anyway, but people will flock to and and, and will fill up the theaters and pay the rent. Uh, like our, our closing night film last year was Green Book, uh, won our won our Audience Choice Award, wow. um, things like that. So, you know, we like to have a mixture. The the big star-laden things will we'll draw in and we'll get some attention. And, you know, if they look at that and, and look at something else— Maybe they'll go to something else a little more challenging right. from from Bosnia or an American Indie or something a little more challenging. So interesting. It's we have a little bit of everything, so we had to cater to all. You know, it fascinated me that you were talking about the variety of film festivals. I was going to ask a question: How many other cities like St. Louis has a film festival or like a Cinema St. Louis? Then you mentioned Columbia, and I was like, Well, why wouldn't they? But you know, a large university there. Is this a typical thing in most large cities, having a like a Cinema St. Louis, like a, a film festival within a city like that? Or is it something that is kind of unique to certain portions of the country? Or They are, they are legion. They are everywhere. Wow. Um, of all shapes and sizes. You know, we're a, a vetted nonprofit. Um, some are for-profit. Some are very small and have all volunteer. And there might just be, you know, show a couple films over a weekend. But there's still a, a festival. Uh, uh, and some are very genre specific. There's lots of horror festivals. There's uh, <laughs> in Indianapolis is the Heartland Film Festival, and okay. their their main niche is um, family oriented, you know, more wholesome uh-huh. uh, product uh, from all over the world. Um, Gina Davis has a, a film festival she founded in Bentonville. Wow, uh, that is even more family specific. So there's Bentonville, Bentonville, Ar- Arkansas, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. Wow, uh, we were just there a couple, couple about a month or so ago. It's a beautiful little city. It is very nice. Yeah. The uh, did you go to the art museum? I did. It's wonderful. I actually rented a house that was about ten blocks away. We walked there and yeah. walked back. It was marvelous. Yeah, that's a that's a great community mm-hmm. down there. 
We're going to be going to break here in a little bit, but I wanted you to touch base about the golden anniversaries, the films of 1969, uh, because you're talking about Midnight Cowboy. Now, this really takes me back here. Yeah. Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, The Learning Tree, Easy Rider, The Wild Bunch, and Women in Love. Obviously, there's, these are 50-year-old films. That's why it's called The Golden Anniversary. But is that something that you do every year? Uh, do you do kind of a golden anniversary and catch the films that have, were really popular during that time? Is that kind of a specific thing you're doing or are you just kind of doing it this year? Uh, we started last year. Okay. Uh, from films from 1968. And it just, we just wanted part of our, our multi-pronged uh, mission. Uh-huh. Uh, we wanted to also address film history. Okay. Uh, a little bit. And, you know, we always have had archival presentations, mostly silent films with a live orchestra, but we wanted to get somewhere in the middle where films that are still <clears throat> in many of the audience members' lifetimes, or they might have read about it in a film class, but many people have not seen these classic films on a big screen. Right. Only on video. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on the grainy stuff that yes. was filmed with a uh, camcorder. <laughs> and it, it misses the point of some of these big, wide screen epics that really to be truly appreciated now do you ever get some of these redigitized or are they redigitized so it makes it you know it's a little clearer and many many of them if not most have been remastered okay sometime in the in the recent years uh we know we don't get films little little film anymore so it'd just be mostly a blu-ray that's cool that's cool so we're talking to chris clark from cinema st louis and he has a very special day coming up on September the 14th. From August 31st to September 15th is when the Golden Anniversary Films of 1969 will take place. And we're going we're gonna to hit on that a little bit more after the break. But just a variety of things, Ellie. I've been out to, um, and I can never remember the name. Frontenac. Plaza Frontenac. Frontenac Plaza. We've, we've been out there to see a lot of uh, independent films. Mm-hmm. And uh, was the Shady Oak at one time an independent film place, or was that just kind of a it was, oddball uh, place? I think it was a Werenberg. Okay. Okay. And that actually was one of the venues that they used in the very, very beginning. Okay. The Shady Oak and the old Creve Corps, um, not the one that's up on the hill, the right. one that was down where the, I guess there's some kind of uh, fast Chinese restaurant or something down there now on, on Olive. Yeah. When I was in high school, the only thing that was playing at the Tivoli was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> I think it played, uh, I don't know how many weeks straight, but it was crazy. And we're not crazy, but uh, this is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton of Intune. Speak for yourself. Okay. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm Go crazy. crazy, folks. Go crazy. That's right. This is KWRHLP 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. Welcome back to Intune. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton. We're talking to Chris Clark from Cinema St. Louis and the STL International Film Festival. And We've, we've just done some shifting around here in the studio. It's uh, amazing. The people on Facebook Live have been having a great time watching my side. They're probably laughing at what's going on, but that's okay. Hey, we, we can hear everybody now that we've shifted microphones around. That's what's why it's called community radio. <laughs> <laughs> By God, there will be a show. That's yeah. right. Well, it takes a community to run a, it's a radio well, station. Community radio would be one microphone, and we're all leaning into yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You know, before the break, we were talking about the Golden Anniversaries films of 1969. And uh, Chris, this starts August the 31st and runs through September the 15th. And you're going to be showing these films. And I'll ask you where the venues are. Midnight Cowboy, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, The Learning Tree, Easy Rider, The Wild Bunch, Woman in Love. How did those particular films get picked over other films? 
uh, our executive director, Cliff Raylick, is behind this project, and he <clears throat> developed in the early winter a long list of, of big films from that year uh, that have some note. And then, you know, just worked through it and looked at it and looked at things, you know, what it represented from different parts of film world. Um, and um, all these will be free, by the way. These are all free screenings. We're not charging a mission. Really? We just part of our mission to let uh, people out into the world. But so popcorn we, costs twenty five dollars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> are you stealing jokes or what are you trying yeah, no, to do? No, no, never mind. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna break your heart there. There will be no food oh at these gosh. events Pum-pum. because the venue is the downtown. St. Louis Public Library. Oh. oh. Um, so that means sneak the food in, yes, folks. Yes, <laughs> sneak the food in. Uh, yeah, yeah have, your, have your popcorn, you know, with, with your, like I did one time. I made it look like I was pregnant. <laughs> had a big old popcorn bag underneath my shirt. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the in the back part where they did the, um, after the restoration, they have that new part in the back with the glass tower and everything, too. In the basement of that, what used to be the coal bin was the coal chute, is a wonderful 250-seat theater. Wow. Uh, that... Uh, that we that will present. So each film will have an introduction by a local uh, film critic or film historian, um, and then with a question answer period at the end. Yeah, because we were talking about how Midnight Cowboy was rated X at the time when it came out, and it, didn't it win Beck's Best Picture? I believe that it did. Yes, and that was a big. Here's a word from the past: hullabaloo. Oh, not a hullabaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a dance show? It, it was a show. Yes, it, it was, was a dance show. And I always love the the um, the movies, the cinemas where there is that uh, question answer session. You know, I I've always loved that. I remember I went to one in downtown. I think it was a cinema downtown that was in Union Station, and they had Sankofa at the time. And oh wow, I tell you, the interaction between all of the people there was was great. It was absolutely wonderful. And, and that new cinema that's out there in, what is that community, um, Pine Lawn, I think it is? The 24-7. Yes, right. the 24-7. Right. That's a nice facility. That is a, that is a very nice facility. I love that one. So are these all going to be shown at the uh, Central Library? Central Library, uh, I believe all at the same time. On different, They're on Saturdays and Sundays for mm-hmm. three weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. So what else is, is coming up? Uh, that That's a free event. I know everybody Everybody likes uh, free events you've got. Now, hopefully this is new 12th and Claremont, or is that something old? Is that from the past? Is that from last oh, year? Oh, that must be what the, yeah, the schedule that's currently on the website is all last year's films. Gotcha. We, haven't, we haven't stripped it all away just yet. Okay, okay. And you guys have won uh, several awards, and you give away some awards also, correct? We give away lots of awards. Talk, uh, talk about what some of those are, because I know everybody knows John Goodman, you know, the uh, Afton product, and really made it well. And he came back last year for the presentation for the award, correct? Yes. What are some of the other uh, awards that, that you give out to not only filmmakers, but also uh, actors and actresses who have either been from St. Louis or maybe just in general? We do have a variety of awards that we give out during the festival. One is the uh, Cinema St. Louis Award for, for St. Louisans who have made an impact um, over time in the industry. Uh, another is a Lifetime Achievement Award that could be for anyone, uh, which sometimes people say, hey, well, my lifetime isn't over yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That can be a double-edged sword. But people that you know, are usually a little bit older that have had a long, distinguished career, uh, a relatively new in the last eight or ten years is the Women in Film Award, uh, looking for, for women in particular who have made uh, 
specific impacts uh, in the industry. We do an interfaith award for narrative feature films and documentary feature films that are films that speak uh, to the human condition Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and human values. They don't necessarily have to be um, Mm religious-themed to be part of this event, but it's an ecumenical-type award Mm -hmm. uh, at the same point. Um, One of our longest-running awards is the New Filmmakers Forum Emerging Directors Award, Mm. which is for first-time uh, feature filmmakers, and that's what I've been doing uh, the last couple of weeks, is combing through all of our submissions, looking for the five that will be part of that competition. And that's can be uh, an interesting and, uh, uh, you know, on some levels, almost cruel competition. We have mm-hmm. the five filmmakers, we'll fly them in, uh, and they must sit and watch each other's films with the jury, with the audience, and then Q&A and talk about after the film. But Highlander rules apply. There can be only one. Uh, so there's one winner. But what happens is that people really um, get to know each other fairly well, and they will often um, be, remain friends and collaborate with each other on future projects. That's interesting. So is there a scoring guide that they get ahead of time? or, or? No, the, the, the jury members will be sitting in the audience as well. And the you know filmmakers are introduced to them. It's not like they're secret. So they're all uh, sit in one of the theaters at Tivoli and watch all the films together. And then uh, at the after the final screening, we have a party that uh, night, and we'll... I can see the jury hovering in the corner, and then they whisper in my ear what the winner is, and then we have our closing awards party where we give out all of our awards. Is that pretty difficult to get it down to that five? It is. What do you look for? What are you, <clears throat> what are you searching for when you're watching a, a film to put in that final five? It's hard to have an objective answer for that um, because you know all film and all art is subjective, but I look for... You know, uniqueness of vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is their first thing that they've done. They might have made shorts or documentaries mm-hmm. or worked in TV, and some people are, you know, older. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are, most of them in their 20s, but mm-hmm. some of them are in their 40s, or we've had participants in their 50s before. If it's mm-hmm. their first feature film, then it counts. So, what is it about their voice and their vision that is unique and attractive? Um, I look for things that are, I don't want to have three gangster films, for example. Right. Um, or three, you know, zombie films or anything. It's too much alike. So I try to things that are play off of each other. Mm-hmm. And for the right reasons, I hope I've been working very hard to uh, work on uh, gender equality mm-hmm. in the in the films. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I want the five best films. And if the five best films are by five 25-year-old white men, uh, you know, I might be uncomfortable about it, but I, look, I want the things that are the best. Right. And thankfully, with... People able to tell better stories for on any budget. I don't have to worry about that anymore because things will emerge. And is there a certain length that they have to be, or can they be an hour? Or generally, what? How long are they? Uh, Academy rules are uh, a feature film is um, over forty minutes. Okay, but nothing like nothing that short really work very mm-hmm. well in this context. We've mm-hmm. had films that are like about sixty five minutes once or twice, but the, the general, the best length is around 90. Okay. Um, sometimes there can be up to two hours, sometimes a little bit longer. Um, but the longer a film is, it has to sustain itself. Um, everything can't be Lawrence of Arabia and right. sustain itself at that level for three hours. If it's, you know, you're in 20 minutes and you know, you have two and a half hours to go and you're just, 
in a bad place, then nobody's going <laughs> right. to nobody's going yawning. to enjoy uh, their experience. I'm, I'm headed to the restroom. That's to right. You have some good time. Hours. <laughs> I like but it's, it's an, you know it's Amazing. an expensive uh, part of the festival. Right. We fly in five directors. Some um, everyone's other's a co-director. Uh, we'll have mostly a local jury, but we'll have fly in one or two jurists and you know getting the films and hotel rooms and feeding these people. Um, so the ticket sales don't always pay for right. all of that, but uh, <clears throat> it's an important part of our, our legacy and our history. Uh, at one point uh, during a, a dark, fallow period of time, uh, I was instructed by the board to eliminate this, and I refused. Well, good for you. Yeah. Now, are there things that you feel you can do to get the word out more so that more people, I mean, you were talking about that sometimes ticket sales just don't cover all of your expenses. What can we do to get something? I mean, this is brilliant, brilliant type of uh, production work here so that we can get the, the information. I know this wonderful program certainly helps, mm-hmm. but I would love to see more and more people get involved. One thing that we started uh, within the last 10 years is we've always done a set of free shows, but in the International Film Festival, the uh, last five years at least, and probably a few years more than that, we've done between 50 and 60 free shows wow. during the festival. That you know, Sometimes we have expenses, mm-hmm. but at a certain point mm-hmm. we have, well, I don't want to say we have enough <laughs> money, but we have enough to make it, because um, you know, nonprofit, you know, the, right. the hands are never put back in your pockets. They're, all, they're always out somewhere. But it was as important to our mission as anything else that people come and see films than commanding $13 for every person that walked through the door. Um, in particular, a hard-hitting social justice documentary from a third world nation, which we want people to see and it's important to see, but how many people are going to put their money down if they had another choice, they see something that was a you know a, a romantic comedy. Right. So, <clears throat> to, but you better learn to do a church thing. You know. Okay. Now after this, we're going to pass the bucket. <laughs> we, we do that <laughs> sometimes right, too. Exactly. Sure. Pass the sure. bucket. Oh, we didn't get enough. We're going to pass it again. <laughs> do you use KFC buckets? <laughs> we, we use lots of different things. <laughs> Popcorn buckets. Come oh, on now. Yeah, I forgot about Popcorn that. buckets. But no, I mean that would be a great thing. I mean because after you've seen something, then you have a, this great appreciation for it. You know, and say, hey, in order to support. This is what we need. Break out the Benjamins. <laughs> we don't want anything that jingles, okay? Paper I, money only. I actually did that in our QFest event this year. Uh, I have a, a, a generous donor who gave me a check larger than I was anticipating this year. So I decided to make the first show of every day free. Um, and then I started what I called the Gay It Forward program, uh, <laughs> where I told it to every audience member, said, you know, look, your seat here is free because my friend from high school gave me money to do so. That's right. right. If you want us to do this Continue to set of free do. shows right. next year, donate. Pony up. Something. And I right. think that would be a great way because I think when you have people there and they get excited about it, they do have a sense of obligation. They will feel a sense of obligation, hopefully, to then donate in some form or fashion. And, you know, again, if it's no more than they break out $5 a person, you know, or a couple of dollars a person, I think that would go a long way because everybody needs to have a little skin in the game. And this is right. this is a true St. Louis, uh, one of those, again, those things that we talk about where what's great about St. Louis, you know, okay, we're always down on St. Louis. Oh, this, we don't have this, we don't have that. This is something that we could all be proud of. This is. Yeah, we want... We just want, you know, we want people to see cinema. That, that's, right. Our, right. that's our core mission. And even if it's uh, uh, just a dollar at a, at a time, you know, it all goes to the into the big pot. That's right. right. We'll help it help it go forward. 
Do you reach out in any way to schools and do any kind of activities or educational summer programs with them about, you know, beginning cinema, cinematographer or being a director or if you want to go into, you know, becoming a movie maker, these are some things as some kind of camps or things like that? We actually, this is, I think, our fifth summer of free filmmaking camps, um, mostly in conjunction with the downtown St. Louis Public Library. They have a a new media hub that they built down there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our operations supervisor, Brian Spath, um, has been commander-in-chief of that for a number of years. And uh, he gets enlist other instructors to help. Uh, They've been doing some at uh, COCA and U-City Library Mm -hmm. um, all over town. It's very labor and time intensive, and we don't don't get any income whatsoever from this, and it's all Brian's time. Uh, but you know, it's important to us. And on top of that, um, something that's very successful for us is our cinema for students, uh, program during the film festival, Okay, where we will reach out to area grade, middle and high schools, um, sometimes colleges, but mostly the, 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 you know, younger students Mm -hmm. from, you know, K through 12. And we will pick a series of films that we will show during the day for free. If they can, two ways, either if they can get there uh, on a bus um, they sign up and to go to you know summer French language, summer Spanish language for the older students who are mm-hmm. studying, some for um, things specifically geared to younger students or some animated films, or because of also because of digital technologies, we are now able to then um, offer some students because busing is an issue because it's gas is more expensive and, and you know those budgets don't exist for a lot of the schools that right. we service. Right. So we do now have the ability for certain films and certain programs. We'll bring it to you. You just give us a show us a projector and a way to show the film or, a, you know, TV in a classroom. Uh, we will we can bring it to you or sometimes a, a Vimeo link and a password a teacher can show to their class. So how about somebody like Ellie or myself? You know, we're obviously beyond the uh, middle school, high school years, uh, just by, just, by a few, just, just a, little a few bit. years, just uh, a very just, few years. Yeah, We just got out recently. Uh, <laughs> do you have something for people that would be our age to kind of get a little dabbled in the filmmaking process? Uh, no, but that has been um, under discussion. Uh, there are certain, uh, uh, I think COCA might have a, a class for, for older adults. Some of the community colleges do. More uh, mature adults. Yes. Seasoned yes. adults, not older adults. Yes. <laughs> Moderate, conservative, liberal adults. I'm right around the corner myself. i got to learn these words. That's better. right. You better learn them yeah. fast, buddy. <laughs> I do have my ARP card, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm already part of, member, member of the party. You've got one foot in the door. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we did do one for uh, veterans a couple of years ago. And okay. it was, oh, it, yeah. It was a flop. Um, really? Maybe it was undermarketed or it, it just didn't work right. right. So there's, and it, you know, cost, it doesn't cost money as much, but a time is, right. can be money. Uh, so the time to do all this, you know, we need some funding to be able to pay the instructors, which currently none of the instructors are paid anything. Wow. Right. So we're, we're working right. on some grants for next year to be able to pay the instructors, a, you know, a, a terrible wage to, to, you know, teach these classes for eight weeks at a time. So, right. as, so as artistic director, where do you see things going in the future, next five and ten years out? Where would you like to see uh, Cinema St. Louis in five to ten years? Uh, hopefully I'm still – my mortgage doesn't get paid for ten more years, so hopefully <laughs> uh, I'll still be doing the same thing. Um, you know, inherently we do the same thing over and over again each year, but what is different is the people and the films, mm-hmm. so it remains fresh and lively mm-hmm. and, and fun because uh, we are we work with some of the same people, you know, from year to year, but, you know, there's always a new voice or a new vision or a new 
hot director or hot film from mm -hmm. from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, but it kind of almost sounds like this could be a good um, way for corporate uh, entities to tie in with what you all are doing. You know, even if it's just a matter of providing the um, their, the auditoriums or helping to pay for transportation. You know, you're really looking at the future future employees too of of these these corporations and you know sometimes if you can think about somebody oh you know what back when i was 15 i remember that nestle you know sponsored something that helped me to do blah 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 you know you look towards that place as a as a future employer and corporations are always i think they've got to be good citizens good corporate citizens and things like this which are educational pro promotional for the community for the city Maybe that's another way for them to get involved. Sure. And as a nonprofit, you know, all nonprofits struggle to tell me about to, to it. Get, to get money. <laughs> that's um, right. But some, it's a little tougher. Mm -hmm. um, we're not a childhood disease or we're not breast cancer or we're mm -hmm. not a tree. Right. We have arguably a kind of a sexy product that everybody loves. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit easier in some ways to get someone's attention. Doesn't mean they'll ultimately give, but, it, it, but it's, it's easier. Uh, in some ways for us. And we have many ways where people can sponsor and buy the whole show and ha own all the seats and invite whoever you want. Wow. Um, oh, that would be fun. Many, many corporate sponsors who have, you know, sometimes they come and go, but we have many loyal um, individuals and, uh, and sponsors have been with us, you know, almost since the beginning. Because individuals can become members. Sure. Correct. And mm -hmm. how do they do that? Uh, <clears throat> there's a, a form on our website to fill out. Um, and levels started as low as fifty dollars and mm -hmm. go up to I think fifteen hundred with different perks, of course, mm -hmm. along the way. We don't have mugs or umbrellas or tote bags. Um, actually, <laughs> oh man! Actually, I do think we have some tote bags. I forgot about that. But we don't have mugs or umbrellas <laughs> stuff like that. But we do have movies. Lots and lots of movies. Members get to see uh, or invited to sneak previews of of Hollywood films that you know in advance of when they come out. Um, also, all members get discounts. Uh, so their thirteen dollar ticket is now a ten dollar ticket. Uh, to be able to you know, support. Gotcha. And you can get that. The website is cinemastlouis.org, cinemastlouis.org. And also September 14th, that's the What a Rush, 20 years with Chris Clark, who we're talking to right now in studio. And you can also catch some of the future events like the Golden Anniversary Films of 1969, which starts August the 31st, and get a schedule that goes through September 15th. And your scheduling, once you get that scheduled out, I thought that was very good. You got the, the venue, you got the date, you got the time listed, and people can kind of plan their schedule, what they want to see and what they don't want to see. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, that was very, very uh, well done. When the when the programs do come out, people are hounding us each year earlier and earlier. They say, oh, I know I've had it at the end of September before. No, you haven't. <laughs> it always comes out the week before the, but I love to watch what I love the most. And because I have a historical perspective now at 20 years. So I love to watch people hovering in the, their tables in the lobby, just furiously scribbling, uh, circling films and then crossing it out. No, I want to see this one instead. Um, many voices concurrently going on where it'd be a Russian film and a Bosnian film in two different theaters. You hear different voices and discussions between the two. Um, and also now I'm at a point where um, in the showcase this summer, the son of a man I went to school with at Webster, his son is 14 years old and he had a, and he, the man's a filmmaker himself. 
His son had a film that we accepted in the wow. showcase. So wow. now it's a now it's weirdly uh, at my tender young age, it's a generational thing. That's right. Cool. That's very good. Yes. And you know what's interesting is that we had a young man working here, um, and he is a film student at Webster University. So this I think is his he may have graduated this year as I think about it, because he was a senior and he was doing an internship. So I mean he's the kind of guy that I would love to be able to see down the road as one of the uh, entries in something like this. Is he a well. filmmaker? Yes, he is. What's his name? Malik Carter. Oh, yeah. You know Malik? Yes. Okay, Malik worked here. Yeah. That was great. And, and his also, dad. And also Chris. Chris Mullen. Yeah, Chris Mullen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's from Webster University mm-hmm. also. Right, but yeah, and then uh, Chris's, um, I mean, Malik's dad also had a show that he ran here on the station. But yeah, he was a great, um, great employee. We loved him. We've shown a few of Malik's films over time. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody, sort of. Well, you know, it's Webster. Come on now. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on the show today and yes. filling us on the inside scoop of Cinema St. Louis. You oh, piqued my interest, that's for sure. Good. Yeah, that's something, you know, we will have to venture out to other venues to watch some of these uh, indie films and some of the small, I like the small, short kind of things. I do, too. Yeah. I like documentaries, too. I do, too. I love documentaries. That's my big thing is documentaries. And I don't mind the foreign films. I love subtitles. But they have to be subtitled. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to tell people if they don't know what a film festival is all about, you, you don't have to be a film buff. You don't have to be a film historian. You don't have to be anyone but yourself. All you have to do is like movies. And we offer so much for free that people can go for the entire festival for 11 days and not pay a dime. Wow. Um, but we also encourage them to see, you know, please enjoy this for you, but look through the program and challenge yourself, see something you want and enjoy yourself, but go another day and see something. That's what a festival is about. It's right. about discovery. See something you would never yeah, that's see right. a Sudanese film or see a Thai comedy or see a, a German slasher film or see something you would never maybe see on Netflix or you would never go to uh, Ronnie's or something to mm-hmm. see, but uh, experience world cinema, learn something about another country. Great, great. That is great. This great is an conclusion. excellent. I've done excellent this before. As you can tell. Yeah, no, we, we couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs>